Welcome back to another podcast special here at Player One on Sin. I am, of course, one of your executive producers, Eleni, and I'm very excited for this interview. We've got some local streaming talent here. I would love to welcome Tori. How are you? Hello. I'm good. How are you? I'm fabulous. So excited to chat with you today. Um, Thank you. I guess to start off with, for anyone who maybe hasn't come across your channel, hasn't come across you, did you want to introduce yourself and what you do? Oh, yeah. All right. I'm really bad at introducing myself but hello my name is Trash Tori uh I am a variety streamer that has just recently moved to Melbourne uh from Sydney I was in Sydney my entire life but uh all the cool kids live in Melbourne so I wanted a a big part of that um not cool yet though so you know we'll get there um yeah I stream on Twitch I put out uh YouTube compilations highlight videos of um the streams on YouTube just all under Trash Tori and um yeah do variety games uh the latest games that have come out or some like really niche indie games um I like breaking games as well so finding the flaws and uh clipping in walls and stuff uh yeah so uh we, we like to have a laugh and it's it's very silly and we don't really like to take ourselves seriously at all and we just and a nice place to try and kick back and just relax and have a fun time I mean, in fairness to you, it's not that hard to break games because I feel like every second game <laughs> that gets released nowadays is already broken. So honestly, you're just streaming it as is, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the beauty and also the curse of um, our reality right now because, you know, anyone can pick up a game and create it. You know, you just download Unity, you throw a bunch of assets into a scene and then boom, there you go, you've created a game. So it's kind of amazing that like, anyone can create games, throw it up in itch.io, AAA companies as well. But yeah, breaking games is always a lot of fun. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And, you know, going into sort of your streaming experience, do you mind chatting about when you got into streaming, how, why, and sort of how long you've been on, on Twitch for? Yeah. Um, so I started my first stream on December 1st, 2018, uh, and been doing it pretty much nonstop since then. I've had to take like uh, two months off here and there, like when moving house or moving because I lived in America for a small amount of time. But yeah, what got me into streaming was a channel called Vine Source. Uh, they do a lot of like breaking games, that kind of stuff as well, which is probably why I have such a passion for it. Um, found them streaming, found their highlight videos, thought that was funny. So I decided to do it myself. Now, probably one of my biggest inspiration is Jerma985 because his videos are just absurdly funny. Like it's just, there's a level of, of absurdity there that just really makes me laugh. So I, um, yeah, look up to, look up to them a lot for um, my inspiration for my stream. Um, got your other question. <laughs> that was pretty much it. Yeah. Pretty so much like, it. All right, yeah. cool. No, you're all over it. Um, yeah, I guess the the other sort of second half of that question really was sort of um, like I guess what what made you want to to get into streaming? Obviously, you're a gamer, which you know we we love that on the show. Um, 
But oh. what, what was it that made you go, I want to, I want to be breaking games. <laughs> it's, it's actually really kind of funny. Um, I say funny, it's not, but like, it's, it's actually a really interesting story because um, ever since I was a little, a little baby kid, um, I've always liked the concept of people watching me play games. I don't know why. It's a very odd. Um, but I distinctly remember when that new Super Mario Bros came out on like the Wii and it was the first time that you could have like co-op platforming or something like it was it was kind of revolutionary in its in its own way and um I remember I set up my like camera you remember video cameras god anyway uh, I set up my, yeah right uh Sean my age I set up a camera and I had it like pointing to the screen because you know Elgato and recording the screens was just not a thing back in the back in that day it was I have my camera pointing at the screen and I like I, I don't know how old I am like at 10 or 11 or something and I'm recording myself uh doing commentary over like new Super Mario Brothers with a friend in the room as well so um I was pretty much the pioneer for like Game Grumps and all of those types of channels that had uh, two people on a couch playing a video game. You know, I, I was doing that when I was a kid. They stole it from me. You were like actual pioneer. <laughs> we love the we love the DIY job as well. You can't go wrong. Yeah, yeah. And and because of that, like it's always been something that I've wanted to do, like like back since when I was a little kid. I don't know why. Um, but growing up, like even in my 20s, I was never able to because when I was living at home the internet you know Australian internet <laughs> we uh yeah <laughs> uh we we never had access to those types of speeds to like stream on Twitch or upload videos on YouTube so I was always just kind of like man I wish I could do this thing but I can't and then in 2018 like end of the year I moved out of home and then that's when I had some pretty decent internet and I was like you know what? I'm gonna give this a shot because it's something that I've always wanted to do and one thing led to another and here we are. I love that. And honestly, I'm so glad you brought up internet because I feel like every time I like speak to an Aussie-based like streamer, it's always their like biggest obstacle. It's never like oh, anything yeah. else. It's always the internet, which is... Yeah, I, I recently uh, at the beginning of the year switched to full-time streaming and uh, I moved to Melbourne like April and for a whole month or two, I didn't have internet because there was just issues happening and it was such an ordeal but we're here now and we're doing it thank the lord but uh yeah it was a it was a big pain in the butt for a while there oh I can only imagine but yes good to hear you've got it all sorted and you're ready to go um before you mentioned you know uh playing on the Nintendo Wii I guess I'm curious what were some of your first consoles some of your first games you played any favorites from back in the day Ah, uh, I always really loved Banjo-Kazooie and good, the sequel Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like even as a little kid, I don't know, my, my little brain was like, man, I, I'm really enjoying this. Uh, but I do have a lot of memories of like Mario Kart on the Nintendo 64. That was like the first like family console that we had. Like the whole the whole gang, the whole family would get together, play Mario Kart or play Mario Party. Those were some really nice memories. Um, but then, yeah, growing up, uh, we got the Wii, and for some reason, my <laughs> my dad was like, "You you're not getting a console, no. You have a Nintendo 64." So I had to save up. Yeah, I know. So I had to save up uh, money from like babysitting gigs, you know, when you're like 13 and stuff, and like um, 
eventually got to the point where I could afford a PS5 and uh, I went halves with my brother and we bought a, bought a PS5. Sorry, a PS4, five. I was going to say, I was like, was, hey, this like was this like three months ago? Um... I'm actually 12. Uh, <laughs> uh, the PS4. And uh, that was really cool because I got to play uh, The Last of Us Remastered, which, you know, was one of my favorite games before they put out a sequel. Uh, but growing up, yeah, uh, really enjoyed Banjo. What else was there? A bit of Mario. It was all like the really cliche, like. Well, you had the N64. You a Zelda fan, surely. <gasps> I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this. No, no, no. I've I've just never finished a Zelda game. We never. I know. <laughs> we wow. never had Zelda growing up because I, I I don't know. Like for me, that was a puzzle game. And growing up, I was always really aware of the fact that like I wasn't very smart. So I my poor little brain was like, no, I can't play those games. That's too smart for me. So uh, I, I never finished one. I, I got uh, Majora's Mask on the 3DS, but I never finished it. And so I guess that's going to have to be something that I do this year. Maybe maybe we'll buy Breath of the Wild and, and play it on stream. I mean, in your defense, Majora's Mask is probably like the worst Zelda to dip into in terms of really? how, well, in terms of how <laughs> confusing that game is. Like I can barely Oops. get through it without uh, a walkthrough. So I feel like, yeah, maybe start somewhere else because that's definitely the the hardest like puzzle-based one to go with. No wonder you never finished it. <laughs> oh, oh I, I don't know. It was, it was one of those like life got in the way kind of things, but I was really liking it. It was, oh, you know what it was? I think I beat a boss and I honestly cannot give you the name of one and then uh I think you have to pick up the mask and then you have to like go back in time and start again I don't think I picked up the mask I think I I think I beat the boss and just was like yep I did this and then went back in time and then I think I realized that I forgot to pick up the mask and then I was like no I'm not doing this again not doing the whole temple and the boss again nope (laughs) yeah I'd maybe recommend staying away from Majora's mask for the moment (laughs) (laughs) PTSD from that but uh yeah, no, I'll maybe maybe even Wind Waker because I've heard good things about Wind Waker. And that would that I've would be a good one, definitely. Watch the Grumps play it too, and yeah, it was good. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. surprised because I feel like Nintendo games are like the perfect games to break because there's always like hidden rooms somewhere, or there's oh, always like yeah. the ability to go through walls. Like, I'm surprised you're not more into like ripping the old Zelda games to shreds. To be honest. Uh well, it's actually funny when because I have a uh, Bachelor of Game Development. And uh, at my uni, part of, like, we just spent a whole day one time. Uh, I can't remember what the um, software is called, but you uh, upload a ROM into the software and you can just go into the code and just change stuff. And, um, yeah, so, like, you can do a simple change to, like, changing uh, Link's outfit to, like, blue or pink or something. Or you can literally make it so it's just absolutely cursed, like, different music's playing, um, the legs are breaking and like shooting into the sky. Just like, you, you know, when you get polygons and they just like go off in different directions. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, so I have kind of done that like uh, outside of streaming, but uh, yeah, maybe that's something to consider uh, on stream if the, uh, if, the, if the community would be down for it. Yeah, always oh. down for like weird stuff. I, I like doing weird stuff on stream. So yeah. Of course, I love that. I mean, mm. it makes for good entertainment, so you can't really go wrong. Um, yeah, and at the end of the day, like, you just want to have a fun time, so have a laugh, so yeah. Definitely. Um, That's so interesting that you've actually studied game development, though. Is that something that you would love to sort of work on in the future? Is it something that, you know, you'd, you'd want to dip into in terms of getting into game development in the industry? Um, 
maybe maybe if I get like completely over streaming <laughs> which uh I can't see happening anytime soon but like maybe if like in the next 10 years or so like I'm I'm tired and I'm done like I'd, I'd go back to it um I really don't think I can see myself living a life where I'm not part of the gaming industry or one way or another so I think like I'd be intertwined within the uh medium somehow but maybe uh it, it was it was cool studying it um but I don't know I don't know I'd have to go back and restudy I think or like do my own work in the meantime it's a uh, it's really interesting but um yeah not something that I'm thinking of at the moment but p- potentially in the future yeah no, of course. And I mean, yeah, as you said, you're busy streaming at the moment, which is so exciting and um, yeah. <laughs> something I want to keep chatting about. Uh, I guess in terms of sort of your experience streaming, I'm always um, curious to ask people I speak to who, you know, are female identifying members of the gaming community. Um, have you had to sort of combat any sexist comments, any misogyny in the gaming space? I mean, I've I've sort of um, written pieces in the past looking at Twitch and how it's very much so tailored towards you know, a young heteronormative male uh, audience. So I'm just curious, you know, your experience streaming, have you come across any sort of negativity and, and how have you combated that if, if you have come across it? I think, um, unfortunately, it's almost inevitable not to if you're part of uh, any form of minority or like female presenting, if you're not the status quo hetero that kind of rhymed white man uh it's it's a little uh challenging to not so yeah I, I have been subjected to a bit of a creepy side of twitch um but thankfully now it's less so I think that's because I've built a really awesome community that if they sense any kind of like weirdness it's like it's zero tolerance policy now. I, I used to be in the mind space when I was new and starting out that like, I just wanted to appease everyone. I just really wanted everyone to have a good time. But now, um, and, and in doing so, um, you know, there'd be one person that would be problematic in chat and I'd be like, oh, well, I want to make sure everyone's happy, including them. So I've got to uh, do things to make sure that they feel comfortable and do things so that other people feel comfortable. But at the, at the end of the day, that one problematic person was making the majority of other people feel uncomfortable. And it wasn't the type of energy that I wanted in my, in my community, in my safe space. Cause at the end of the day, it's your stream, it's your safe space. Um, you shouldn't have to deal with any of that kind of stuff that, you know, um, so now I have a really strict zero tolerance, uh, zero, <laughs> zero tolerance policy. And um, I, if someone, even if someone just like their first message just doesn't vibe well, or if they're just like bringing an uncomfortable energy into the stream, I just ban them. And I, I honestly just, I can't let myself, um, I can't beat myself up too much about it. Like at first it was really hard to be kind of brutal like that. But at the end of the day, I need to make sure that my stream is a safe place for my current members and for future members as well. Um, so yeah, you get the creepy like messages in your DMs that it's just really off-putting or I once had a member of my community thought that I was dating them. That was a shock. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It is a um, hand over mouth kind of, what the heck? Um, 
but yeah, at the, I don't know. I, I've been really lucky that at the end of the day, you live and learn. Um, it's it's a lot of, yeah, I don't know. You have to, unfortunately, you can listen to all the advice in the world on how to grow your community, make sure it's a safe place. Um, and it's definitely a good idea to implement those tips, but um, you do kind of have to live and learn it yourself, which really sucks. Um, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this now. But <laughs> No, but I think it's um it's obviously great advice and I think it's really important to hear, you know, people, you know, who find themselves in a minority and in the gaming space talking about their experiences because I think, mm. you know, we're looking at the gaming industry at large, you look at, you know, things that are happening in Activision Blizzard, for example, and it's something yeah. that's permeating the whole industry, not just the streaming industry, but, you know, like game development, game publishers. So I think it's really important and it's fantastic to hear, you know, these sorts of discussions happening, this dialogue. So it's Really great to hear you talk about that. Great advice for anyone starting out. Um, and I guess on that note of anyone wanting to start out and start uh, streaming, I was wondering, have you got any advice, you know, for anyone who wants to get on Twitch, you know, things like equipment they might need, any basics like that, any um, wisdom to impart? Well, I haven't changed anything. Uh, I'm going to say this, but then come back. Like I haven't changed anything about my streams since I've started. Uh, in saying that, I had to buy a new microphone, but I bought exactly the same one because uh, from moving, oh my goodness, when I moved, uh, everything broke. I had to get a new chair, I had to get a new microphone, I had to get new headphones, like just everything decided to stop working. But I quite literally bought like the same stuff uh, in terms of technology. Um, it, I think it's, if you're starting out, um, be mindful if you're starting out, don't listen don't take every advice with a grain of salt basically because everyone's going to have their two cents but some of it isn't gonna um, resonate with you some of it isn't going to apply to you um end of the day make sure that you know like get into streaming for the right reasons obviously don't be like wow i just want to get money you know um but like you don't need the best technology you don't need you don't need a face cam you don't need um, you know, the, the huge lighting and everything, like you don't need this stuff. Like, obviously it makes your stream, it can make your stream a little more appealing, but imagine if you had this amazing setup that looked incredible, but then someone's just staring at the, the screen and not talking, not doing anything. At the end of the day, you have to be willing to give a part of yourself to Twitch as entertainment, as entertainers do. You need to be able to um, bring something to uh the platform um obviously having a good microphone will help i can't even deny that like audio is such a huge important thing like make sure that your audio is um set up the best before any other visuals and things um but you don't need like a crazy setup or anything um just make sure that your heart is in it and you have something that you can bring it doesn't even need to be totally unique like you see you can you can see a whole bunch of like streamers kind of doing the same thing and they're doing well like you don't need to be outrageously unique you just need to be able to bring a part of yourself to it and that's like a huge part of streaming I guess absolutely I love that that's fantastic definitely I think um you know the point about 
the intentions for getting into streaming I think um yeah you know if you're invested in the game then you'll enjoy yourself and it'll be a better experience than maybe someone who's just after the money um yeah and like at the end of the day if you're not having fun like if you the streamer aren't having fun what makes you think that your chat would have fun like if you're sitting there and just like grunting or whatever, I don't know. Like I, it, I don't think it'd be an enjoyable experience. Well, maybe it will. I don't know. But like you need, well, anyway, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> don't is- grunt on straight. Well, if you, well, you know what? Anyway. Yep. <laughs> well, yes. Okay. Moving on from that. Um, One thing I am. Um- curious about um and there are no right answers here but you know just mm. keep in mind we're a melbourne-based gaming show um i'm curious you know you said you were from sydney and moved to melbourne um mm-hmm. have you noticed any differences in terms of the gaming community between the two cities the way people engage in gaming anything like that hmm. i don't oh i haven't not really not like the people themselves because at the end of the day we're just people but I will say Sydney is definitely more, no, I'll put it this way. I'll, I'll say Melbourne is definitely more artistic than Sydney. Um, I love the fact that there are so many gaming bars and places that you can go to game, uh, like outside. Um, I will say it is an absolute pleasure being able to hang out with people that I've met from uh, Twitch in Melbourne because it feels like everyone is here, which it's it's really nice. Um, but I, I, I don't know about mannerisms. Is there something that you've picked up on that's different between Sydney ciders and, and Melbourneers? Like, No, I'm always just curious to ask people about their communities. You know, like a lot of people at Chatu, for example, talk about how, you know, their fans overseas engage with them differently than their Aussie fans. Uh, stuff like that always, always makes me laugh to hear. Oh, gosh. Maybe I'm not observant enough. Oh no, I'm a terrible streamer. <laughs> now you'll keep it in mind. From now on, you'll have it in the back of your mind. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know. I wow, I've never really thought of that before. I'm more so just trying to have a good time at the end of the day and just trying to like get along with people that I consider friends, you know? So I haven't really I mean, obviously someone in America or someone in the UK is gonna have an accent or a different twist in the way in which they talk like I learned the other day that people say the drip instead of like the fit the outfit clothes I'm feeling old like keep with the cool kids look at you coming up with the lingo (laughs) oh I don't know about that (laughs) Uh, I love that um uh, and, you know, speaking of having fun um, on your stream, uh, obviously, you know, we're starting to get a lot of big releases this year, very exciting times in the gaming yeah. industry. Are there any games coming out, you know, in the coming months in the year that you're super keen for, super excited to stream? Oh, geez, I'm going to have to get out my list. Um, <laughs> I have many lists. Um, but, oh, my gosh, yeah, there's so many games coming out. I think because of, like, COVID just put a halt on all of the development of these games that, Everything's just coming out now. Um, oh, very soon we have The Quarry coming out, which is super cool, a game that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, same devs by Until Dawn, those Stuckages anthology games. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big sucker for, like, choice-based games, especially when it comes to, like, horror stuff, which is why I really liked Telltale as well. Um, yeah, The Quarry looks really interesting. Um, I'm also really interested in Forspoken, which I haven't heard a lot of streamers talk about or people talk about recently, but maybe I've just been missing it. 
um, Forspoken is a game uh, where one of the writers is Amy Henning, who wrote, um, you know, like The Last of Us and Uncharted, those those titles. Um, and then when she left Naughty Dog, I was a bit I was a bit upset because I truly think she has amazing writing. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to Forspoken. I'm, uh, it looks really cool. It's like set in uh it starts off in like new york and then your protagonist gets thrown into some like medieval dimension portal or something um she gets these powers it looks really interesting and i, I i'm a, I'm a real big sucker for good storytelling so I'm, I'm really interested to see how um how uh that game comes out uh what else is there Tem Tem's getting its full release which is cool i played that a lot in uh i think alpha um that's, you know, like your Pokemon kind of. I've got a, a few shinies up my sleeve because, you know, I paid a bit too much of that. Um, oh, is there, is there anything you're looking forward to? I, I can't think right now. Um, I'm very excited for the quarry, actually. Yeah, I'm like you. Yeah, I'm mm. a huge, super massive fan. Um, yes. And we actually, we did a little podcast special earlier, myself and one of the other Player One crew, Connor, because we both adore the games, um, mm, mm. previewing sort of, who we think we're going to like. We've already, we had a bit of a judgmental moment. We were looking through the the cast of the quarry and seeing who we're oh, yeah. going to like. Um, <laughs> Just judging from face value. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It was like the the actor and then like the little descriptions, you know, like anytime I saw the word jock, I'd be like, oh no, thanks. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not interested in that. Um, hey, yeah. but Mike was kind of a jock and then he turned out to be one of the protagonists of Until Dawn. True, Mike is him the around. He's the exception. I feel he's like a himbo. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> That's actually, very true. Um, but yeah, and I love that you mentioned storytelling in games because you know I, you know I love things like Mario Kart and stuff, but I love myself a, a video game that has a great narrative. And I think people don't. I mean, I think gamers obviously appreciate the narrative of of the games they play, but I think you know the film and TV industry maybe sometimes doesn't give gaming narratives enough credit you know something like the last of us is such a good example um oh yeah i'm curious because you mentioned you're a fan uh what were your thoughts on the sequel to the game it's obviously a bit more contentious uh no comment no um <laughs> i yeah uh, well again um what I'll, what I'll say about the sequel um because it's obviously yeah very divided amongst people um you have a lot of fans that say, hey, if you didn't like the sequel, you're homophobic. Or if you don't like the sequel, you just didn't like uh, how they portrayed specific characters or something. I don't want to get too much into spoiler territory. Um, uh, but then at the end of the day, I just didn't like its writing. And it's obvious that a lot of the writing wasn't uh, very fleshed out because there were some leaks that came out uh, like a couple months before the game's release and it was an entirely different story an entirely different game where like Abby was meant to be Ellie's mother which is why they kind of look similar so I think uh, Neil Druckmann thought that he could write this I think he inflated his ego a little bit too much and was like wow we're a great company now uh, I can write this I don't need you writers I don't know what happened I could be talking complete utter nonsense but I think I think he got in his head a little bit much and uh tried to write this story and it just it just wasn't it wasn't up to the naughty dog standard of storytelling because we've seen an amazing story through uncharted specifically specifically uncharted 4 um the dialogue in that game is just so beautiful and it like I'll be trying to fall asleep and then I'll just think about like Elena being like 
I nearly didn't come back, you know, and like, and then I'll be up for the next four hours, you know, <laughs> but um, yeah, look, I'll say, I'll say uh, The Last of Us 2 in terms of uh, gameplay in and itself, it's truly amazing. Um, they built upon everything that was amazing in the first game, uh, built upon that, which is what you want to see in a sequel, the crawling mechanic in the grass and uh, they just, you know, made like aiming down the sights and the guns and everything uh, much more appealing. It's just unfortunate when a game can be kind of boiled down when it has, you know, amazing graphics, amazing design, amazing art, amazing audio. If the story isn't good, that game will just be like shit at the end of the day, you know? No, definitely. And it's funny that you brought up the spoilers because I remember when I played The Last of Us 2, I was so surprised by the narrative and that's because I had had so many things spoiled for me. Oh, then, from those leaks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then, then when it didn't happen, I was so confused. Like I was like, oh, wow. Like it just was like such a weird experience. Like, yeah, honestly. I was in the same mindset because like, I saw all that and then I was like, oh, okay, maybe they're fake. And then when I finished the game, I was like, oh, they weren't fake. Like, oh, it got to a point where I was just so like, and it's, and it was a very long game too, um, which, you know, I shouldn't be complaining about, but it's kind of too long for that game. Uh, it got to a point where you're playing as Abby toward the end. And I was just like running through sections. Cause I like to play games on normal difficulty because I find that that's the way that the game was designed to be played. Harder, you want more of a harder experience. Easy, you want an easier experience, normal, vanilla. Um, I was just, I just ran through sections. Like sections that you're meant to crouch and stealth behind or shoot your way through. I just literally could run past and then heal myself and then be in the next zone, you know? like you No, know, 100%. And I was like, I'm, yeah, I, I'm the sort of person <laughs> that like, if there's a stealth section, I like to take my time. And the, yeah, the yeah. first half with Ellie, I feel like, I was so patient. I was like looking through every nook and cranny, finding everything. And then with Abby, it wasn't like anything to do with her, but it was just like, I felt like the game had been going on forever. So yeah, I was just pinging it around corners as well. I was like, no, I'm done. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't like Abby. I, <laughs> I hold grudges. Let's just say that. Well, but, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, it was just, uh, I don't know. But I, I, cause, cause I truly love the last of us one. I have streamed it on grounded difficulty and I intend on doing another stream of Grounded Difficulty on The Last of Us because I just, I love that game. You can get through the whole uh, first area up until you get to Bill's Town without firing one shot on Grounded. And it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a good challenge. Gee, I was going to say that is a challenge. That is mm. impressive. Do you enjoy sometimes like replaying games on harder difficulties just to see if you can do it? Um, like not normally, but I don't know if it's just like the ADHD in me where like, if I just stick to one game, I'll just stick to it for like months on end. This is like far before I started streaming where like I had the time to just replay the same game over and over and over again. Um, so yeah, kind of, it depends on the game, but I don't know if I could do something like Elden Ring, you know, it's like, I like, I like a small challenge based on mechanics I'm already aware of. I, I don't want to be, you know, kicked in the face you know like by Elden Ring you know <laughs> no I totally feel you like Elden Ring is a great game obviously I'm oh, not it's gonna, amazing yeah I'm not gonna I just I can't it. play it <laughs> no same but that was the thing I like picked it up and I got like half an hour and I was like I don't want to play this anymore like I just oh, want to enjoy no. I want to enjoy myself I don't want to like feel bad about myself because I keep dying <laughs> that's what that's when you bring out the animal crossing you're just like I want to feel better about myself <laughs> 
Yeah, the alternative is definitely Nintendo. Nintendo are yeah. very good at like fun, pretty colors. Yeah, Animal Crossing vibes for sure. Elden Ring, yeah. Elden Ring just feels like you just got hit by a bus. But I love watching people play it. I love watching people because some people are so talented, but I'm not. No, but that's such a good point. Like, you know, certain genres, like, for example, I like love watching people play horror games. You know, something mm. like Resident Evil 7, I love watching people play that game, but I barely got through that game because I was so terrified is there a specific genre that you enjoy sort of watching people play rather than playing yourself I don't know I can't think off the top of my head if it's genre but it would be like the souls game like I prefer like watching people play uh excuse me um oh I don't know but when it comes to horror though yeah I I used to hate everything horror hate it absolutely despise it couldn't play it by myself um but when I'm streaming it I feel like chat's like holding my hand because when you're watching say like Markiplier or something play a horror game um you have that protective shield of them playing the game if that makes sense so like you'll be watching them you're not playing it because you're playing it you're watching it through their eyes kind of um but when it comes to streaming it's also it's kind of a similar thing where like I don't feel like I'm playing it because it feels like I've got chat with me. So they hold my hand. They make me feel a little bit better, like, you know, walking those two steps before I have to immediately save again, like Dishonored. Um, Yeah, no, I forgot where I was going with this, but like, I don't know if there's like a specific genre. I do like watching people play like Valorant or things like that. I'd like playing it myself, but I just, you know, don't really have much time anymore too. But um, yeah, I, I definitely like to, um, yeah, no, I don't know what's going with that. That's over. Never mind. <laughs> oh, that's okay. We'll, we'll move on. Um, Cause I am curious uh, just sort of before we wrap up, you know, in terms of streaming, in terms of building your channel, what are sort of your plans for the next six months? You know, what are the sort of goals that you want to hit anything in particular that you're really exciting to doing with your channel and with games? I'm so glad you asked that question. Um, so uh, just to run back, when I was in Sydney, I was studi- I was streaming from a studio apartment. Uh, so very small. I was quite literally shoved into a corner where I could barely move my chair backwards to get out of my seat to like, you know, walk to my bed or go to the kitchen. Uh, but now in Melbourne, um, I've got a whole streaming room, which is kind of a dream come true for me. Um, so I'm in the process of getting a VR and we're going to be doing some VR streams. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something little, something little fun that I've got planned. I have one of those inflatable dinosaur outfits and yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, so a long time ago on my channel, we had a channel point redemption. That was a ring fit stream. Uh, I ended up getting sick and I had to go to hospital. And because of that, I never redeemed that but it's been in the back of my head for almost a year now, just waiting, festering, and it's time has come very soon. When I get all the appropriate equipment, uh, we'll be doing a ring fit stream in that dinosaur dinosaur outfit. Um, End of the day, I really just like, uh, I like like brainstorming, what's the weirdest thing that I could do? Uh, And then obviously evaluate, will this be funny? Or is this just weird and embarrassing? Um, but I now that I have a full streaming space, I want to, like, the world is my oyster. I, I want to do anything and everything. Like, I like doing 
just anything that'll be funny at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, VR streams, hopefully we'll do a little bit of Resident Evil 7, um, maybe some Phasmo or something, because I've never done that in VR. And I, I like to have little breaks between how long I play Phasmo. I'll play it for like uh, five hours one day, and then I won't touch it for like three months. So then there'll be like all of these updates and new things that are happening to the game and I'll have no idea what's happening and then I'll be scared again. Um, got plans for, yeah, maybe doing The Last of Us on Grounded difficulty again. Um, I do just love playing, you know, the new games that are coming out or finding uh, old ones to play as well. But um, now that I have this opportunity of just having like more space, yeah, I lot of, lot of, lot of plans, a lot of plans to... Um, uh, make the most out of the space that I have and a goal I guess would be to like you know obviously hit uh, Twitch partner hit YouTube partner um, that would be cool but I'm not like partner pushing for like either of them if that makes sense like if it happens it happens it's not the end of the day it's not the beginning of the day it's just uh, it'd be a cool little milestone to kind of pat me on the back and be like you're doing well like keep going um I don't know, I, just to keep going with what I'm doing and hopefully just keep having fun and keep building a community. That would probably be my goals at the end of the day, yeah. Lovely. And yes, uh, dinosaur costume, that is just a recipe for success. I'm very excited to see or that. Or disaster, yeah. <laughs> what, what could go wrong, honestly? I love that. That is the kind of content we, we want to hear about. My, my whole life is Murphy's Law. What could go wrong with me does go wrong. So like... I don't want to overthink it. We're just, we're going to put it on and see what happens. Yeah. No, no, I'm sure it'll all go well. And, you know, for anyone who does want to check that out in the future or check out when you're streaming, what's your schedule looking like at the moment? How often are you, are you streaming? What times can people check you out? So I, um, I stream from normally 7 p.m. AEST. So that's like 7 p.m. Melbourne time. Uh, and I normally stream every single day. I've been a little bit all over the place recently because when I stream, I, um, like if I do like a story-based game, I will basically destroy my voice. So I do have to take days off here and there just to make sure that it recovers. Uh, but other than that, it's normally every single day. Um, but yeah, I primarily stream on Twitch. So that's twitch.tv slash trash Tory. Uh, the double T I do like alliterations. Um, haven't streamed off YouTube or anything yet, but mo like all of it, all of my socials, like if you type in Trash Story, you'll find me. I think I had to put in a one somewhere with Twitter and Instagram, but yeah. Classic. Um, and, you know, just before we wrap up, is, is there anything you'd like to say to your community, to anyone listening in who's a fan of your stream? Can I get sappy? Of course you can. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Community members, if you're watching, um, I probably say thank you way too much but thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to stream full-time you are letting you are letting little eight-year-old Tori with that camera pointing at the tv live out her dreams and I, I really couldn't do it without you thank you so much for everything that you've done for me perfect and yes you've come a long way from your little DIY job playing on the Wii to now right? which is fantastic <laughs> we love progression it's perfection really um, it's yeah I, I'm very fortunate very fortunate yeah Absolutely. And yeah, anything else you'd like to add before we say farewell to our lovely listeners? Oh, I, I don't think so. Other than thank you so much for having me on. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time to chat with me, Tori. You know, for anyone listening in who enjoyed this interview, we've got other great interviews up on all of the good podcast realms. We're on 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Omni. Play One, type it in, we're there. If you want to keep up to date with our socials at Play One Sin on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And of course, we're a radio show. We're live on air 8 to 11 p.m. every Monday night, sin.org.au or 90.7 FM for anyone who listens to the radio in the classic old school way. Tori, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me. Everyone listening in, hope you enjoyed this interview. It's been a pleasure being here. Thank you.